This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast and mm-hmm. give us all your donations. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Or leave ratings, whatever works for Don't you. Don't leave ratings, though, in the Patreon. You want to leave those in iTunes, like, the iTunes whatever it store. Is. Hello. <laughs> Hi. How I, are you? I'm okay. It's it's It was a busy day. It was a busy uh-huh. week. Uh, but... I wanted to start off with, like, the most interesting story I saw all week because it had nothing to do with politics. (laughs) So I enjoyed it thoroughly. So the Pew Research Center put out this survey, and I got got a copy of this thing days in advance, and I was so excited Uh uh, because they haven't done this question or the series of questions in, like, a decade. Really? And so I'm like, oh, my God. I'm so curious to see what the results are. Mm -hmm. And so this week they were like, all right, it's live now. You could talk about it. Everybody can talk about it. And the question was, what do Americans know about religion? Oh. And the answer, more or less, is nothing. Yeah. (laughs) If I remember correctly, the last time they did this, the atheists tended to know the most about religions. You Is would that, be am correct. I so okay. in 2010, here's here's what you need to know. Because the question is, how much do Americans know about religion? That mm-hmm. means you got to ask questions about religion mm-hmm. that actually have an objectively true answer, sure. right? Mm-hmm. So like, what is it that these people believe? But if right. you say, what do Christians believe? You ask 10 Christians, you might get 10 different answers. Sure. So they're very specific about the questions they asked. And so what they found in 2010, the last time they did this, is that atheists and agnostics, which they lumped together, Mm -hmm. scored the highest, followed closely by Jews, then all Christians, all different types of Christians. Jews are the second most? Jews are second most, yes. Um, Now, this time they did that same survey again. The questions are radically different. Oh. They, uh, I mean, most of the questions were different, and even the ones that are similar were asked in a different way. This time they included an option for people that said, I'm not sure. So you're not just guessing in the dark. They also uh, included online responses in addition to phone interviews. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think this one was purely online. Oh, okay. Uh, But they... uh, they can deal with that. They sure. know how to do that correctly. So, okay. So, it's not the same thing. It's not comparing apples to apples, mm-hmm. but there you go. So, what do they find this time? Here's the bottom line result. Yeah. They asked 32 questions for the people who took this survey. Jews win. Wow. Jews scored 18.7 out of 32 guys. right, which is not a great score. No, it really is not. But that was the highest, 18.7. Uh-huh. Atheists were second. With 17.9. Okay, close Agnostics, uh-huh. separate now, 17.0. <laughs> and then evangelicals, mainline Protestants, Catholics, Mormons, all the way down to historically black Protestants uh-huh. with 9.7. Wow. So, like, first of all, everyone sucked. Sure. <laughs> no one knows anything. Nobody should be We are a nation <laughs> of religious people that yeah. knows nothing about religion. Uh, but it is amusing, and we could talk about this later, like, why is it that the non-Christians, and by the way, I should say, like, what about Muslims? What about Hindus? What about They just didn't have enough respondents to give an accurate oh, reading okay. of this. So I would love to see how Muslims do and Hindus mm-hmm. and, and everyone else. They don't have the numbers to give you a fair assessment mm-hmm. of how they did. But they had enough Jews taking this quiz and enough atheists to give an answer. Sure. Okay. 
So I thought it would be fun. Let's go through the questions. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. There's some I'd be happy to give you the multiple choice. Uh-huh. Some I think you should be able to answer without any multiple choice. Oh, man. But I, we could do this two ways. They gave a 15-question quiz to the public, uh-huh. which they said you could take it. Let's see how you do. Yeah. They also had the 32 questions they asked everyone online. Which one would you like to do? We'll run through these, but... I kind of want to do the 32 one. I feel like there's a real high potential for embarrassment for me. Okay, and if you're listening, by all means, take this with us. I'll give you a second to think about it. Um, Okay, so let's go through this. Okay. First question, and and we'll start... Are you going to keep score? You can keep score. You keep keep score score for yourself. Okay. Um, Which Bible... We'll start with Christianity. Uh Number one, which Bible figure is most closely associated with leading the exodus from Egypt? I'll give you options if you want them. Can I just say it? You can. Moses. Moses is the right answer. Fuck yeah. As soon as you said Bible figure, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Which, number two. I know the ones made into movies. (laughs) Which Bible figure is most closely associated with killing an enemy by slinging a stone? Um, What's his face? That is correct. (laughs) Fuck, I can't think of his name. Your options are uh, Joshua, Isaiah, David, Solomon. Oh, David, because David and Goliath. That's correct. I couldn't think of Goliath, so I couldn't That's backtrack right. into Goliath it. was not an answer, though. I would have loved to see if they did that to people. <laughs> uh, 78% of people got that right. Okay. 79% of people got Moses right, too, I should say. Okay. All right, number three. According to the Christian Gospels, who delivered the Sermon on the Mount? Um, if you want options, tell me options. Yeah, give me options. Your options Is are Jesus? Paul, oh, no. Peter. Uh-huh. Jesus. Uh-huh. John. Not is, sure. Is it Jesus? It is Jesus. <laughs> 51% of people only got really? that one right. Okay. Yeah. I was surprised by that one. Number, what are we, four? Uh, yeah. What is an atheist? And here are the options they gave you. <laughs> <laughs> Open-ended? That's a weird question. Because I'd give you a lot of answers well, I guess to that. you have, like, books to quiz people on. <laughs> what is an atheist? Dick. Not an answer on there. Smug? Smug. Not an answer. Okay, here are your options. Yeah. Someone who believes in multiple gods. Uh-huh. Someone who is unsure whether God exists. Someone who believes in God. Someone who does not believe in God. Someone who does not believe in God, That's final answer. That's the winner. And yes. 87% of people got that one right. Okay. That's one of the more easier questions on sure. this quiz. Uh, the number, the next five. What is an agnostic? Someone who is unsure whether God exists. Uh-huh. Someone who believes in God. Someone who does not believe in God. Someone who believes in multiple gods. A. A. Someone who is unsure is correct. 61% got that right. I didn't like the wording of that one, partly because even though the answer you gave there is the right answer and it's the, it's the only one that makes sense, uh-huh. like, I think there is an argument, depending on which smug atheist you're talking to, what does an athe- agnostic mean? It's not like halfway between atheism right. and theism. Right. It's a different question altogether. That's a long discussion no one wants to have. But there you go. What are we on? Number six? Uh, Yeah. Which of the following, I'll give you options, is not one of the Ten Commandments? Mm -hmm. Do not commit adultery. Keep the Sabbath holy. That's one. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Not one. Do not steal. C is not a Ten Commandments. Do unto others the golden rule. That's the golden rule. That's 58% got that one right. Next question. Which of the following... Best describes the Jewish holiday of Rosh Hashanah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Your options are... Oh, no. Celebration of the end of the Torah reading cycle. Uh-huh. 
Day of Atonement for One's Sins, New Year, festival during which candles are lit for eight nights. Okay, the last one's Hanukkah. Is it the New Year? Is that your answer? Yeah. Okay. You are right. Yay! Oh 24% of people, no one knows what Jewish people believe. So, yeah, New Year is Rosh Hashanah. Uh-huh. All right, next question. What are we on? Number? Numbers eight. All right, eight. In the Muslim tradition, believers have a religious obligation to make a pilgrimage to Islam's holiest city at least once during their lifetime if they are able. Uh-huh. Which city is that? Mecca? That is correct. Okay. 62%. I wasn't sure if Mecca was the name of the city or just like the expression for like what it... Oh, it yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Nope, it's actually called cool. Mecca. All cool, right. cool, cool, cool. Good job, Jessica. What is the religion... Uh, these, are, these are tricky. I don't think I would have gotten these right. These were not on the public thank quiz. You, thank you for letting they, me off sure. the hook. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this was not on the public quiz they uh-huh. gave other people, partly because it's like, this is not... Okay. Wait, how many people got the Mecca one right? Uh, Mecca was 62%. Oh, okay. Okay, next question. What is the religion of most people in the following countries? Thailand. Doofa. Yeah. Number one, Uh, Thailand. Buddhism? You are right. (laughs) Next one, Indonesia. Indonesia. Uh, Islam? Islam is correct. Fuck yes. Ethiopia. Ethiopia. I'm going to say Islam as well. It is not. Fuck. No. It's my first one I got wrong, though. Christianity. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um... Let's see. All right. I'm going to jump to the next one. Let's keep going. In the Christian tradition, which of the following is commemorated on Easter Sunday? What is Easter? Oh, the Jesus rising from the dead. That is correct. Resurrection of Jesus. Oh, 81% yeah. got that right. That's, that's fine. You got that's it. the word for it. Which Bible figure is most closely associated with willingness to sacrifice his son in obedience to God? Oh, um... I know that story. Options are yeah, Cain, uh-huh. Abraham, Jacob, Levi. Abraham. I'll give it to you. Sixty-nine percent got that right. Was it Abraham? It was. I had Jacob in my head, then he said it. It really threw me off. Okay. <laughs> Which biblical figure is most closely associated with saving Jews from murder by appealing to the king? Your options are Sarah. Esther, Ruth, Rebecca. Rebecca? You are wrong. Fuck. Esther. Esther? That was a tough one for That people. doesn't even sound familiar, my dude. No one knows the biblical women other than like... You don't fucking say. Right? <laughs> no one knows women. <laughs> uh, which of the following best... Uh, 28% got that right. Oh, okay. Which of the following best describes Catholic teaching about the bread and wine used for communion. The bread and wine, I'll give you options. A, actually become the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. B, are symbols of the body and blood of Christ. Uh-huh. Uh, not sure. No answer. I think this was actually open-ended. Become, or actually becomes the body and the blood. It actually becomes, Yes. By the way, I, this isn't on my paper here. I think 50% of Catholics got that wrong. No. They were like, yeah, it's a symbol. Why wouldn't it be a symbol? Of course it's a symbol. And they're like, no, your religion says it's actually the blood of Jesus. Oh, my you, God. You believe that, not Whoopsie. us. <laughs> anyway, uh, next one. According to the Catholic tradition, what is purgatory? Your options are 
an offering that Catholics make during the sacrament of confession, where the souls of those who have died undergo purification before they enter heaven, Mm -hmm. the purification process Catholics undertake during seasons of self-reflection, such as Advent and Lent, where the souls of evildoers go for eternal punishment after they die. Um, The thing about cleaning them to get ready for heaven, that one? No? Purification before they enter heaven. That is correct. Oh, okay. You win 54%. I kind of got distracted because I was thinking about in Sex and the City when (laughs) Steve describes purgatory as baby... (laughs) Babies just flying around with little wings under their heads. And so I kind of also correct. zoned out through yeah. half of those questions. Uh, I forgot what number on, but um, which religious 14, tradition 15, 16, is most closely associated with yoga? Buddhism? I'll give you options. Okay. Because that wasn't an option. Okay. <laughs> that can't be good. Hin- I literally went to your yoga options class this are week. Hinduism, uh-huh. Judaism, uh-huh. Islam, Zoroastrianism. Uh, Hinduism? Correct. 50%. Uh, what's associated with, which religion is associated with Kabbalah? Uh, Judaism. Judaism is correct. Which of the following is one of Buddhism's four noble truths? Oh, no. I'll give you the options. Which of the following is okay. one of the four noble truths? The truth of monotheism. The truth that the Buddha was perfect and free from sin. The truth that every living being has an immortal soul. The truth of suffering. I have no idea. Um, I'm going to guess the thing about the souls. Um, Every Every living living being has an immortal soul. Yeah. 22% of people said that. They were all wrong. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Yep. It was the truth of suffering. That is one of the four noble truths. I will say, really? this is one of the questions they asked on the 15-question quiz. Uh-huh. It's the only one I got wrong, because oh, I don't much. know anything about Buddhism. There you go. They're not in the news. Do they I ask a lot of Jain questions they in here? They ask, like, nothing about <laughs> Jainism. What is the religion of the following people? Joseph Smith. Mormon. You win. That's 58%. Maimonides. Who? Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Oh, I'm going to say Hinduism? Uh Fail. Jewish, Jewish, 13% only. Uh-huh. Um, in the following, if you're, they have a picture of a turban. Uh, in which religious tradition are men generally required to wear a turban, like this one in the picture, in public, and to carry a ceremonial sword or small dagger? Options are... Is it Sikhs? It is Sikhs. Okay. You don't even need options. What were the options? Uh, also, Sikhism, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism. Okay. Which of the following texts is most closely associated with the Hindu tradition? Quran, Mahayana Sutras, Tao Te Ching, Vedas. B? Mahayana Sutras, Sutras? fail. It's the Vedas. Never even heard of that. That is the most racist thing you have said. (laughs) Okay. On which day of the week does the Jewish Sabbath begin? Saturday. Fail. What? That was the most popular answer. Oh, is it like fr- Sundown Friday? That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yep. So okay. Friday is the correct answer. I think. Is that all of them? Was that all of them? That might I be all of them. Got. Oh, no. There's 20, a few more. We've, we've gone through 24. All right. According to the Bible, we'll, we'll wrap these up because everyone wants to know how they did. According to the Bible, where did Jesus live during much of his childhood and young adulthood? Options are Jericho, Nazareth, Bethlehem, Jerusalem. 
Nazareth. That is correct. What then to do about Jesus of Nazareth? You know, I forgot what song I was thinking of, but that's what it took for me to figure it out. (laughs) Because I knew, I was like, I'm going to think it's Bethlehem, but he was just born there. He was born in Bethlehem. Because they had to go there for taxes question But I know his, like, when they refer to him, it's like Jesus of Nazareth. Right. So it's like, oh, that must be. Yeah, yeah. Which of the following religious uh, groups traditionally teaches that salvation comes through faith alone? Protestantism? Catholicism, both of them, or neither? Protestantism. That is correct. You don't got to do good. Just believe in Jesus, and you're good to go. That's Protestantism for you. That's cool. What does the Constitution of the U.S. say (laughs) about religion as it relates to federal office holders? They shall be sworn in using the Holy Bible. No. They shall affirm that all men are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. The Constitution says nothing or no religious test or requirement to adhere to any particular religion shall be necessary for holding office. That one. That one is correct. Um, We should maybe broadcast that to a few more people (laughs) around, huh? I was thinking, as soon as I heard that, I thought about Roy Moore when he was running post-pedophilia scandal. I was just thinking about this, yes. And his communications director was on CNN, and he's like, no, you have to swear in on a Bible. And they're like, no, No. you don't. That's just what a lot of people do. And you, like, see his soul leave his body. (laughs) Like, it's so bizarre. His jaws dropped. (laughs) God, I hope Roy Moore hires that guy again. Oh, God. Flawless campaign. Um... The last batch of questions here. How many adults in the U.S. are Jewish? Your options are more than half, one in four, one in ten, less than five percent. I don't like how they just more than 50 percent, 25 percent, 10 percent or less than five percent. I feel like it's less than five percent. It is less than five percent. And only 19 percent of people got that right. And I really think I only know that because we've talked about it and I'm always surprised by how low it is. (laughs) Right. Um, How many what percent of people are Muslim? Same options. More than half. 25, um, 10, less than five. Less than five. It is less than five. It's only 26% of people got that right. What is Ramadan? Your options. An Islamic holy month. A Hindu festival of lights. A Jewish prayer for the dead. A festival celebrating Buddha's birth. A. Uh-huh. Islamic holy month. Okay, I was really worried because I was like, I don't think I know exactly what it is, but I know what religion it that, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Islamic holy month is it. Only 60% got that one. And I think the last batch, which of the following best describes the teaching of the prosperity gospel? Your options. To whom much is given, much is expected. God's blessing is given to the poor in spirit who shall store up treasures in heaven. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Those of strong faith will be blessed by God with financial success and good health. The last one. That is correct. So those are your questions. Do you remember back in the day, in like maybe the 90s, there was an SNL sketch about the the, a rich man, like a camel passing through the eye of a needle. Like some rich dude decided to put all of his money into like making that happen. So like, oh my god, I don't remember this. I I hope this isn't like a fever dream. But they're like, we tried blending up the camel, but we felt that that might not be like we experimented for an SNL skit. I think I hope that's real. Like we tried, we experimented with giant needles. So a couple things. Going back to the results from all this, um, 
Again, we said Jews score the highest, 18.7 right out of those 32 questions. Okay, I got 24 correct. You are smarter than the average atheist and Jew and everyone else. Correct. A couple things that that stood out to me. It's, It's telling that the people who reject Christianity, whether by birth or by choice or whatever are the ones that know the most about faith, Mm -hmm. like objectively about faith. And part of that makes a lot of sense to me. Like if you're an atheist and you became an atheist, like you have to know what religious beliefs are so you know what you're rejecting. Like I know a lot about Christianity, not because I grew up in it, but because you see it all around you and you're like, how the hell could people believe all this bullshit? So, of course, a lot of atheists know it. I'm not surprised most of them scored relatively well. I think Jews would argue, too, or at least could make the case, that when you're surrounded by a dominant religion in our society, you kind of get to realize, like, oh, this is what they believe. Yeah, I I think that totally makes sense. I think there is an element of when you are living in a majority Christian country you learn that shit by default not just because a lot of people believe it but a lot of people make us try to believe it (laughs) right i and again they don't have numbers for muslims but i suspect if you had enough i would think muslims would know more about christianity in the u.s Mm -hmm. than christians would know about islam um one of the things we didn't talk about yet so they asked people do you have friends who are not your religion (laughs) and then they also said like um Oh, here you go. The higher you scored on the quiz, they uh-huh. said, uh, separately from the questions they asked, they said, how do you feel about every religious group? So like, <laughs> I thought yeah. you were ask how I felt about scoring really high. And I was like, <laughs> smug. <laughs> so you are an atheist. Um, no, they said like, well, how do you feel about like, what's your warmth level uh-huh. uh, that you give to, to Jews and Buddhists and Hindus and everybody. And the truth is, if you scored 25 or higher, like, for example, for Buddhists, if you scored 25 or higher in general, mm-hmm. you generally like Buddhists. You have a warm feeling about them. Huh. Whereas the people who, who failed the quiz miserably, like eight or fewer right, uh-huh. they did not like Buddhists a lot. Oh, it's almost like ignorance breeds resentment or Some, something. Yes, that's exactly right. So Buddhists, like huge difference between the people who understand religion mm-hmm. and those who don't yeah. or know about religion, I shouldn't say understand. When it came to like uh, atheists, people who knew about religion uh-huh. had a more favorable opinion about <laughs> atheists, right? Oh, God. The one exception to the rule, the one group where if you knew a lot about, if oh, you got a... Totally Christians, it isn't is, it? T- which type of Christian? Oh, 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 uh, Baptist? Eh, I'll give it to you. Oh. Um, evangelical oh, yeah. Christians. I kind of mix those two close. in my head. <laughs> but evangelical Christians, if you answered a lot of these questions right, because you know a lot about different religions, you really don't like evangelical Christians. Whereas if you know very little about religion, yeah. you like evangelicals a lot more. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah. I look, because I was thinking like... I was. I guess I don't have strong opinions about various religions. I was like, ugh, except for like Baptists. They, they kind of <laughs> rub me. Like, I was like, I, I feel neutral about like. And Pew Hindus doesn't, and... Pew just says these are the results. You sure. make of that what you will. I was wondering, okay, why would that be? I, my argument for this is that if you understand what a bunch of different religions teach, and you understand that, okay, most of these religions in general are like, 
let's do good. Let's right. live a good life. Right. Here are the specific rules you got to follow to live a good life. Right. And we could debate and discuss all why all of those are wrong. <laughs> um, but in general, most of these religions are like, do good. Yay. Yeah. Here's how to live a good life. And then you see what evangelical Christians have done with that. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's a pretty oh. skewed look at goodness. Um, I did. I didn't imagine that camel thing. That was an SNL It was a Bill sketch. Pullman sketch. Oh, We're right. doing God's work here at the Hayward Foundation. First scores of de- desperate third world children brought me all these camels. And then I found all these cancer researchers, made them stop whatever they were doing, and devote their energy to trying to force these camels through needles, just like it says in the Bible. This sounds like a horrible sketch. We, we started small. We tried to cram a horse through a drinking straw. The result was pretty ugly and completely unsuccessful. Like oh, and the, I was right. They tried to puree. Ten minutes till the end of the show, they needed one more sketch. They we tried pureeing a camel into a thin liquid, then pouring the camel through the eye of the needle. Sure, the camel will pass through the needle, but we think that might be cheating. We've got our lawyers looking into it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I just, it's, I'm really glad that that's not a fever dream. <laughs> that's a real thing. Anyway. It, it's a real thing. Um... Okay, so anyway, that survey came out this week. It's still amusing. Yeah. It's amusing to see people take the quiz. Uh-huh. People were tweeting at me with their scores. They're all like, yay, we did good. I'm, I'm not surprised if you care about this stuff. Right. You probably know a lot about it. But if you only go to church, mm-hmm. you may not. Yeah. So anyway, that was a thing. Cool. Uh, do you want Do you want another happy story? I'm full of happy stories. Oh, I'm confused but excited. Okay, so here's here's the weird story. Uh, Tennessee, the state legislature, uh, their speaker of the house, who's a Republican, is resigning. There was a bunch of scandals. I don't know enough about it to okay. even get into it. But he's stepping down. There's a new Republican speaker of the house. Mm-hmm. Whatever. There's another state rep by the name of Bill Sanderson who said, "I want to vote on the new House speaker." He said this months ago. He's like, I want to vote on the new House Speaker, but after that happens, I'm going to resign too. And the exact wording, I think he said, he's stepping down citing, quote, a family matter and demands of his business. Whatever his business is. All right, fine. That's the public line. If you look online for stories about the guy, that's what they were saying. They're like, oh, yeah, this House Speaker is gone now. By the way, so is this guy citing these other issues. Okay. And it's one of those, like, it's not even really a story because there's so many Republicans in the Tennessee House sure. that losing one doesn't change anything. Right. Okay. So then... They're not, like, one seat away from flipping the House yeah, in Tennessee. It's not Virginia, where it's, like, razor thin. Yeah. And Sanderson is interesting because, like, this guy, the only thing I know about him, the only reason I would know anything about him is because he has a history of pushing Christianity, mm-hmm. anti-gay stuff. Like, he passed a bill to put In God We Trust on every license plate in the state a couple of years ago. <laughs> the only reason... It, it passed only after he said... And, or they amended the bill to make it optional because mm-hmm. otherwise it would have cost millions and millions of dollars. So he's like, eh, make it optional, sure. which makes it useless. Right, right. <laughs> but okay, he got that done. He killed a resol- He helped kill a resolution to denounce neo-Nazis. Cool. Yeah, that was recent. Definitely on the right he side of blocks, history. He uh, blocks LGBTQ bills. Um, there was a bill like, hey, let's allow cities to pass anti-discrimination uh, protections. He passed a bill saying you can't do that. I feel like we talked about that one. No, there's just a lot of people who do that. Oh, 
Oh, I thought about that too. I laughed he because I He supported cried. a resolution against the Obergefell ruling. What's I mean, that's who this guy is. That's the gay marriage one. Oh, oh, oh. So anyway, wow. that's who this guy is. Yeah. So he's stepping down. Real so cool yay, dude. but whatever. It'll be another Republican in his place. So what's the big deal? Well, there's a political reporter whose name is Carrie Wade Gerwin. Gerwin. And she wrote uh, an article yesterday basically saying she has evidence that this guy was trying to hook up on Grindr with other gay men. Uh-oh. Now, he denies all of this. Sure Apparently, does. a local news station was going to speak with one of the men he tried to hook up with a couple of years ago, but then after Sanderson lobbied them, or he's like, you don't have it right, or you can't do this, or whatever, they killed the story. And apparently, huh. someone who worked for the station like vouched for that version of the story. Like, no, he got it killed then. Um, there are, according to Gervin, she has pictures. She has the messages. This includes men who are like 40 years younger than the guy, but of legal age. Um, though at one point, he did offer wine to, allegedly, to a 19-year-old, which would be underage. Uh-huh. But anyway. Wait, what? Uh, apparently he 19. met he met one of these guys who was 19 legal drinking age is 21 he offered him wine oh i so see so again I see, I that's see, about the worst of it legally speaking right again nothing he did is illegal i don't care what the guy does in his private nope. life i don't even care like if he's trying to hide it i do care that he's passing bills that hurt gay people while uh-huh. secretly trying to hook up with gay people and that was her argument, too, that she's like, I wouldn't out someone against their will. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't out them if they didn't want to be outed. Yeah. But when it's this sort of hypocrisy, like these men need to be outed. Right. Um, so anyway, from what I can gather, there's very little mainstream media picking up on this. Yeah, or or I heard about that. maybe they have looked into it, but they didn't have enough to work off of it. Again, he denies everything, though, according to her. She said uh, she talked to him at length over the past week, and he's basically not saying it's wrong. He's saying don't publish it. You can't write this. Okay. I don't know how to take that. Um, She also said his denials, which she said she will write about soon, just lend more credibility to what she's saying. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Um, and I, I mean, it's possible the mainstream news outlets are like, well, he's gone now, so it doesn't matter anymore why he's leaving. Again, I, I don't know how true it is, but it would I wouldn't doubt it mm-hmm. if it was true because I've seen this play out before. Sure. And I also think if this is all accurate, totally legitimate to explain what he's doing because he spends his professional life trying to hurt gay people mm-hmm. and then has no problem with it in his private life. Yeah. That's the sort of thing that is infuriating more than anything. So anyway, <sighs> just to sucks. point that out. And then there's another story that is all about, also about a cover-up of sorts. And this is an interesting one because it came via the site known as Mormon uh, Leaks. Oh, uh-huh. Uh, or at least that's what it used to be called. It's called something else now. But here's that version of the story. There was a kid named Benjamin Alec, A-L-Y-K. When he was a teenager, like young teenager, he started getting interested in like illicit photos of kids. It's disturbing as hell. Yikes. It's exactly as awful as you think it is. And here's the story without getting into anything graphic. He was trading, he was looking at pictures, he was trading pictures, he was on websites where people traded images or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at some point, 
the website must have gotten spooked and they said you need to like you can only get access if you upload your own pictures because we want to not be public. So you have to like log in and right. stuff. So he needed pictures. So he started taking pictures of like kids he was close to. Oof. Yeah. His mom ran a daycare. He set up a hidden camera. He started trading that. Oh my god. Horrible stuff. Okay. When he's eight, he says he stopped when he was 17. Whatever. When he was 18, he's in the Mormon church, and he's, getting, he's going to get sent off on a two-year mission trip, mm-hmm. as they do. He's going to go to the Dominican Republic. When he gets there, I guess he's racked with guilt. He confesses everything to the Mormon guy who's overseeing this whole mission trip. Okay. And he basically gets sent back home to Utah. Mm-hmm where he has to go in front of a Mormon disciplinary council. Mm -hmm. This is like 15 church leaders. Specifically, we're talking about like the stake president, like a local leader, two counselors, 12 members, like leaders in the high council there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people. He basically confesses again to what they did. And what happened to this guy then? Nothing. Nothing happened. Law enforcement didn't come after him. You know why? They weren't alerted. They were not alerted. No one knew about any of this stuff. No one knew what was going on. And the problem with that is whether or not you believe he stopped doing this stuff when he was 17, Mm -hmm. the fact that nothing happened allowed for the possibility that he might do it again. Sure. Right? Like, that's the issue here. The only reason anyone learned about this is because he finally confessed eight months later to local law enforcement. Wow. And he told them what happened. And there was a police report filed. And Mm -hmm. this went to a judge. And basically, there was uh, some punishments that went up against him. The only issue is they could have tried him as an adult because he was an adult. Sure. Or they could have tried him as a juvenile because this all happened when he was a juvenile. They decided to go with that which is to say he was charged with eight second-degree felonies, including two for sexual exploitation of a minor. Um, Basically, he was sentenced to secure confinement in the juvenile justice system. Like, you're in jail, in confinement, until you're 21. Okay. This happened when he was, like, 20 years and, like, 11 months old. Oh, God. So he spent, like, whatever. He spent three months in this juvenile thing, and now he's back home. Okay, so whatever. I don't know if that's enough of a punishment, but that was a punishment. Mm -hmm. And there. But the bigger story to me is this people knew about this Mm -hmm. for nearly a year, if not more, and did nothing. The Mormon church knew that this guy was in their midst, that he had confessed to these crimes, and they did nothing of substance about it. And that's the disturbing. The only reason we know this is because Mormon Leaks, which is now known as the Truth and Transparency Foundation, basically obtained the documents from the police Mm -hmm. that include all of these details that I'm just telling you. Mm -hmm. So they got the access to the documents and the charging documents and Mm -hmm. all of that. Um, And that's it. That's the only reason we know about this now. But it also includes the fact that this guy confessed to the Mormon church who didn't report him to secular authorities. Yeah. And this goes back to a thing we've talked about also, which is in California recently, they were discussing, like, if someone confesses to a crime in the confessional booth, Mm -hmm. do priests have an obligation to report that 
to the authorities. Mm-hmm. And the Catholic Church was like, no, we can't Absolutely do that. Not. We have a sacred bond here that everything remains secret. Mm-hmm. What happens in the confessional booth stays in the confessional booth. And eventually that bill that would have mandated reporting there mm-hmm. got defeated. The Catholic Church won that round. They could still keep it private. But it's the same case here. Like, the Mormon Church may not have done anything illegal because be- because this was all confessed to religious leaders in a religious setting. Yeah. They can argue there's no, like, we have a sacred bond here. We have our way of handling this. Just such garbage. We are not public school teachers who are obligated to report this to you. We're not social workers. We are religious leaders. So it's... Like, you can't even say, well, the Mormon church broke the law by hiding this guy. Right. They, no, I don't think they broke the law. Utah um, does not have a law that requires mandated reporting here. So um, Ryan McKnight, who runs the website, Truth mm-hmm. and Transparency Foundation, said, based on the current law in Utah and everything we know about the case, the Mormon church did not violate the law. Hmm. Now, the Mormon church does have a helpline where leaders in the church can contact, like, here's the hotline if you got abuse or some problem. Uh-huh. We'll get you through to our lawyers, which, again, you're talking the to lawyers. Mormon lawyers. Yeah, the Mormon church has a bunch of lawyers on call. Uh, there's no clue if they actually use the helpline or if the helpline said you should not say anything. Mm-hmm. We don't know any of that. Um, they didn't respond to requests for comment. Ugh. There you go. You will be happy to know that in-home daycare shut down a couple years ago. So oh, good. the mom, he's living at home, but there's no daycare there. Oh, my God. So anyway. Oh. Um, do you want to talk about climate change? Let's talk about climate change. Um, so <clears throat> there is a, or was, a glacier in Iceland. Um, and it used to be um, about almost six square miles. Um it has been in 2014. It lost its glacier status. It was called the OK Glacier. It's got a long Icelandic name that I'm not going to try to pronounce because okay. y'all, that alphabet is bonkers. Um, this is the one where the volcanoes have like 30 letters. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, so it's now it melted down to a third of a square mile, so about 6.6 percent of its former mass. So it's no longer a glacier. Um, it's what's known as dead ice. So that means it stopped moving, um, and it, it instead of being made of ice, it is called uh, called moraine. So it's an accumul- acc- accumulation of clay, silt, sand, and gravel. But it's not a glacier. It's not a glacier anymore. And the this glacier is, is dead. Yes. This is the first of its kind, at least in Iceland. Um, so there's two anthropologists um, from Rice University. Uh, C-Y-M-E-N-E, Kaimini, 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 sure. uh, Howe and Dominic Boyer, um, who produced, they wanted to produce a mor- uh, memorial as, oh yeah, the, first, the world's first monument to a glacier that was. <laughs> so... Um, they That's tapped, one way to get people's attention. Yeah, so they tapped Andre Sinair uh, Magnuson, um, who is a um, a poet, an Icelandic poet, and he. In I don't know if there's a picture of the plaque, so they put up this plaque, and it says this. Okay, it's the first Icelandic glacier to lose its status as a glacier. In the next two hundred years, all of our glaciers are expected to follow the same path. This monument is to acknowledge that we know what is happening and what needs to be done. Only you know if we did it. <laughs> so, a future have here's a celebration of the glacier that is no longer with us thanks to climate change. Yeah. If you're reading this, <laughs> we might have done something about it or we hella might have didn't, might have yeah. not. Um 
It also says the the current amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, which is uh, 415 parts per million. Don't really know what that means, but I'm sure it's probably bad. I mean, everything's bad. Everything's the worst. Anyway, I just thought that was like a fucking great called shot of like, just so you guys know, we knew. There was uh, uh, the climate activist, the teenager Greta Thurber, Uh, I uh believe, uh, who's been speaking out about climate change in a lot of big prominent places. She gave a speech this week. I don't have it in front of me, but she basically said something like, Follow the science. Mm-hmm. We need to follow the science. We need to respect the science and honor the science yeah. and not whatever the hell Republicans God, are. it's so frustrating to like know. Just what are they doing? Yeah, it'll be too late by the time. we Even if we elect the right people, yeah. it's getting to the point where it's going to be too late to mm-hmm. actually make any changes to, to alleviate it in any yeah. meaningful way. So. Uh, there is... So let's talk about something else since the world's going to end. Cool. <laughs> I think we talked about this last week. I'm not sure. But there is a church in Virginia called Friendship Baptist Church, Jesus. which is so not what a Baptist church's description should be. <laughs> uh-huh. But the pastor decided just for the hell of it last week to put up a sign outside the church uh, that he basically meant it to say, America, love it or leave it. It actually said, America, love or leave it. <laughs> so he was echoing Donald Trump, uh, what he was saying to like people of color, immigrants, uh-huh. there you go. Um, that was a week ago. He basically said, uh, I think this had been up there for a while, I'm not sure, but he did say this was all about patriotism, yeah. not racism, which is what all the conservatives are saying. Sure. And that critics of the U.S. should, quote, live in these other countries for a little while, which I don't remember any conservative doing when Barack Obama was in office, and they were criticizing the country left and right all the time. Well, according to him, he got, uh, there was like instant backlash, but he got, quote, favorable comments, and that's why he decided to leave it up. Like, I'm sure he did. So the pastor's name is E.W. Lucas. But the last Sunday, maybe this backfired. They only have one service on Sundays, Mm -hmm. and... During the service on Sunday at 11 o'clock, according to one report, the church was empty. Mm-hmm. According to another report I read, they usually get 30 or 40 people at the services. There huh. were fewer than 10. Huh. Either way, a lot of the members of this church right. are like, F this, and they walked out. Yeah. And they basically said they walked out because of him and his bigotry. Yeah, this guy is a piece of work. He said, uh, preachers, by and large, today are afraid they're going to hurt somebody's feelings. When I get in the pulpit, I'm afraid I won't hurt somebody's feelings. That's that's lovely. That's cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Wakes cool, up cool. and is like, I wonder who I can hurt today. Oh my god. Um, he he All said Republicans. <laughs> he said that people were just in the congregation. They were just mad at all the national attention this was getting and upset about all the press. Sure. But like, no one complains when the press is good. Right. <laughs> like, Correct. No, this wasn't some out of context hit piece. This is just a Baptist church pastor. Being a total racist and yeah. then people paying, Christ. like, people getting revenge for that. So good. Now, here's the thing. Yep. If they all go back this Sunday, yeah. then it doesn't it's matter. It's yeah. all for not. So I, ho- I don't know what these people are going to do. I hope they stay out because mm-hmm. it'll be better for everybody. Who knows? Um, huh. Let's talk about this. Oh, my God. This story is hilarious. There is a police department in the city of Tiga K in South Carolina that's the name of the city, T-E-G-A-C-A-Y, Tiga K. They have a police department. The Tiga K Women's Club 
apparently gave the police department a large stone that had Tiga K Police Department and their logo, like, painted on it. Looks very nice. But then at the bottom, out of nowhere, mm-hmm. there's it says Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Which one's that? That one. And it that's all it says. It just says oh, the Bible just, okay. verse. But that is the verse that says, blessed are the peacemakers. So I get why they said sure. it for the police, but also it's a Bible verse. Yeah. On the other side of the stone is something that's known as like the police officer's prayer. It, it's one of those, it goes around in circles, it gets forwarded to your relatives, uh-huh. stuff like that. It says Lord a whole up. bunch of times. Yeah, <laughs> it, give Lord, give the officers courage and strength and dedication, whatever. So they have this stone sitting in front of the police department. Right. Is it Christian? I would say yes. Yeah. It has a Bible verse. It has the prayer on the back. It's, it's not a secular it prayer. Lord. It says Lord a lot. So the city is in charge of, like, what do we do with this? And their first instinct, after talking to their lawyer, their lawyer was like, yeah, you're going to get in trouble for this. You're going to have to, like, hire somebody to fight this. Uh, It's going to cost the city a lot of money. But the mayor said, you know, according um, to our attorney, like, we can just remove the language, the offensive language. Uh Okay, there is a picture of this. They literally crossed out the word Lord on the stone monument. You're lying. I don't even know what they used because it's not like they scratched it out with a pen. It's like they took another jagged rock. I do if you want to come around and see this. They took like a jagged rock and like went over the word Lord. But like you could still see the word Lord. It's not even a clean cutting out. So like (laughs) that, that's what they did first. There was a a guy who is a congressman, uh, Ralph Norman. He's a Republican elected from that area. Uh Where was this again? This is South South Carolina. Carolina. He put out a statement. He's like, this is not what our country is all about. He said, last time I checked, it's it's one nation under God. To have Mm -hmm. this scratched out is sad. That's why we're fighting in Washington, D.C., to put God back in public buildings like this, put God God. back in our schools. That's a whole other issue. That's not how anything works. Whatever. But then, okay, there's backlash to them crossing out the words. Uh-huh. So then they did the next big thing, which is they finally said they removed the monument until uh-huh. they can figure out what the hell to do next, God. which, fine, you removed it. Good. Yeah. You settled the issue. I don't know what you're going to figure out. What, what do you mean you're going to figure it out? Do nothing. <laughs> Give the monument back and be done with it. Right. Or put it on private property. But then they deleted that Facebook post where oh, no. they said we took it down. So oh. who knows what the hell they're doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. That's it, wild. Um, can we talk about Texas a little bit? Sure. Um, so G- Texas Governor Greg Abbott is a, a real chill dude. Um, so a couple weeks ago, maybe months ago, we talked about how uh, Chick-fil-A wanted to put a location in the San Antonio airport. And the San Antonio City Council was like, actually, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. We're busy that night. Um, I think they said there was a block of restaurants, and they said, we're not going to accept this block of restaurants if Chick-fil-A is included right. because of their owner's history of donating to anti-LGBT Correct. groups. Correct. So, so you know everything that's going on in this country, that was the big injustice that Governor Greg Abbott was concerned about. So he fast-lined a bill into law he called it the Chick-fil-A bill, or specifically Save Chick-fil-A. Cool. Um, 
he so he actually officially signed it like in June, and it doesn't go to effect till September. But this past week, he like did a ceremonial signing, and it is the creepiest thing I've ever seen. He's like sitting at the desk, and he's got like a Chick Fil A box next to him, and people behind him are holding Chick Fil A cups like they're like fucking it's candles. The most Republican thing I've ever it's heard. It's so gross. And he said, uh, "Discriminating discrimination is not tolerated in Texas." No business should be discriminated against simply because its owners pay to a church or the Salvation Army or any other religious organization. <laughs> they no, weren't giving to the Salvation Army. Also, the Salvation Army is trash. <laughs> no business should lose government contact because their religious beliefs. The Save Chick-fil-A legislation I'm about to sign in is a victory for religious liberty in Tejas. Let's talk about why this is the dumbest bill ever. Okay. His basic argument is you can't say you're going to get rid of Chick-fil-A or not. I don't know. Apparently, Chick-fil-A has a right to be wherever it wants. His argument is you can't say we're not going to allow you here uh-huh. because your owner gives to bigoted groups. Right. Fine. If you're the San Antonio City Council, you could just say, mm, we're not a fan of yeah. Chick-fil-A. We would like another restaurant instead. I don't and like it pickles would still, on my oh, yeah, exa- mediocre sandwich. I don't like your waffle fries. Whatever it is. Hate and you could fries. overcome the law. So, right. like, this has no teeth. None, 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 none. But it's none. a symbolic victory for Republicans. And hey, Texas, who... you have some other shit going on. I think maybe you should, like, <laughs> check out your southern border and just kind of keep an eye on that. Maybe that's where your focus should be for, like, a minute. You would think. So, like, I don't know. This It's one of those symbolic victories that... I don't means nothing. It means nothing, and yet the Fox News crowd loves it. Oh my God, they're gaga over it. Oh, so brave. Let's talk about secular churches because we haven't in a long time. Remember those? Those are like the Sunday assembly. Oh yeah, and Oasis, and there's yeah, it's like I spoke at Houston Oasis last year. Some of these groups are still around. Forgiveness of Houston. We've been to them. Mm -hmm. We've been to services. We've spoken at like. They're good groups. They're mm-hmm. run by good people. Mm-hmm. But a few years ago, like when these kind of exploded on the scene, especially with Sunday Assembly, um, the idea was, what if you could give non-religious people mm-hmm. all the stuff they miss about church, mm-hmm. which applies to a lot of people who yep. leave religion. What if you give them everything they liked about church, but without the God Heart. stuff? Yeah. So what if we sing songs? Mm-hmm. What if we have a sermon that's more like a TED Talk? Yeah. What if we give them community and a place to mm-hmm. worship, quote unquote, regularly? Yeah. That was the idea. A lot of these groups spread in a lot of cities. And this week... There was a story in the Atlantic by the perfectly named Faith Hill, uh, not the singer. Oh, right. But there was an article in the Atlantic that said basically she didn't say this outright, okay. but the implication was the experiment hasn't really worked. Huh. And here's something that she has in the piece. Sunday Assembly has reported a significant loss in total attendees over the past few years. From about 5,000 attendees in 2016 mm-hmm. at all of their various locations to about 3,500 in 2018. Oh. The number of chapters is down from 70 in 2016 to about 40 now. Mm-hmm. So basically, a lot of these groups sprang up and then almost immediately shut down. Sure. And I would argue, like, that doesn't surprise me because no. anytime there's a new movement of any sort of group, there's a bunch of them that pop up. Right. Most of them fail. Right. And it doesn't necessarily say anything about the idea. Right. It's just like, oh, this seems like a cool thing. All right, now I figure something else out. Also, anytime you start a new organization and that has a bunch of affiliates like mm-hmm. this, where you are not in control of everything, mm-hmm. 
some organizers are really good. Right. Some of them have reasons that it doesn't work out. Doesn't yeah. mean they're bad organizers, but it doesn't always work. Um, and also, again, Sunday Assembly is very... Uh, there are rules on how to run a thing. If you want to be a part of a Sunday assembly service, they have rules about what songs you can use, mm-hmm. how to run a meeting, how it must go. If you find it too rigid, then you can't be part of it, and that's a turnoff for some people. Sure. I will say personally, as much as I like some of the organizers I've met mm-hmm. and the places I've been to, I, I, if there was one next door to me, I wouldn't go. Yeah, it's not for it's me. It's not for me. I don't want to sing but in neither public. neither of us grew up in a religious... like. Well, not a, go, not like, a religious home where, like, I went every yeah, week you had a and ritual. I sang and I, right. I got used to it. So, I don't, like, as someone who is about as steeped into this organized atheism thing as anybody, mm-hmm. like, meh, doesn't appeal to me. Sure. But it's not for me. It's for a lot of people yeah. who just left religion. Maybe you still miss it. So, um, I don't know that it means they're dying other than sometimes it's good when the, the new ones die off and the stronger ones survive. And right. they kind of build a foundation for everybody else. Now, one of the things suggested in the Atlantic article is they might actually be better off if they took a more Christian approach to this whole thing. And I I agree with this to some extent, because churches know exactly how to do the thing that Sunday Assembly wants to do. Mm -hmm. What what does Sunday Assembly want to do in this case? They want to create new Sunday Assemblies in Mm -hmm. all these different cities, which requires kind of like a, here's your startup guide. If you're an organizer who's interested, here's how you get a team of leaders. Mm -hmm. Here's how you run your meetings. Here's what you got to do, best practices. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will train you as much as we can. Like, those are hard things to do when you're getting off the ground. Sure. Christians, evangelicals especially, know how to do that. Mm -hmm. Church planting is a big thing in that Christian culture to the point where there are experts in that area, Uh to the point where they have funding to help you in that area, Mm -hmm. to the point where they will send you to the cities and say, here's an area that needs a church, Uh which is never true because there's like 90 other churches. But they'll send you there. specific flavor of Christianity. They're like, here, go here and make a good church. Yeah. But they'll give you all the training you need, and even then a bunch of those churches fail. Mm-hmm. But the idea in the Atlantic article is, like, there are no secular church planting experts to help right. them grow all this stuff. And that's hard. You're starting from scratch, like, mm-hmm. every time. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Like, some of the organizers have organized other things, but this is a different beast. So anyway, but I also don't know, like, how fair that analogy is, because what is it that ties people to a church? I would argue that it's it's not the songs, it's not the ritual of the mm-hmm. whole thing. It is the God belief. Like, more than anything else, yeah. if you all share the same belief, you can, in theory, overcome a lot of the other differences. Or like, eh, I don't like the songs, but I like the sermon. I don't care about the sermon, but I still believe, and this is what I got to do as yeah. part of what I believe. It, what does the atheist church have that's that powerful where you feel like, yes, I'm going to make an attempt to come here every week and right. bring my family. I don't know that they have that. And I don't know that they can have that. Yeah. So that's, uh, I don't know how, like, I guess the question is, where are they going to be in five years or something like sure. that? I don't know that they're going to be any better off because mm-hmm. no matter how much you overcome in making these meetings as attractive as possible mm-hmm. for people, you still don't have that glue that binds people together. Like right. That. So... Yeah, I mean it's too bad because I, I do think that people find that community that they that they feel like they've lost when they lose a religion. But 
you want the community yeah. and you you want but you also can't force a community to come together right. like if it doesn't have legs it doesn't have legs there was one person quoted also from the Pew Research Center who said being uninterested in something is about the least effective social glue the dullest possible <laughs> mobilizing cry yeah. the weakest affinity principle that one can imagine unquote like dude <laughs> take the knife out for a second yikes <laughs> it's a nice idea like i I don't know that it's getting any better. And the truth is, like, after that initial blitz of so many groups, Mm -hmm. I've heard nothing for, like, a couple years almost Mm -hmm. of what the groups are doing. Every now and then there's a group that makes headlines for something good. But for the most part, like, they're off my radar and I follow the news. Right. In when it comes to atheism stuff. So, I don't know. Uh, Sanderson Jones, who's one of the co-founders of the Sunday Assembly specifically, Mm -hmm. uh, responded where he just uh, said what they're doing right And he was right about, like, they're doing a lot of things right. There's a lot of good groups that are doing good things. Mm -hmm. Didn't necessarily address the the things that the piece said they were lacking. Sure. So that was an interesting article that existed. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I've got one more story. What do you got over there? Yeah, sure. Um, Okay, so I would like to head this off by saying the Friendly Atheist podcast does not condone violence. (laughs) Oh, yes. However... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, in Br- there's a Brazilian um, Catholic priest. His name's Father um, Marcelo or Marcello Rossi. Um, he was delivering a mass in Sao Paulo uh, at the end of like a kids like camp or something like that, and it was being live streamed on Facebook. And he was standing on stage, and a woman somehow got past security. And just shoved him right the fuck off the stage. And there's video. And, and it there's went viral. video, and I've watched it a few times. Um, he was unharmed. He finished his ceremony. He said he's a little sore, but nothing was broken. Um, but it was a f- like. Listen again. Can I be clear enough? I do not condone violence. However, if you need to push somebody somewhere. <laughs> push a homophobic Catholic priest off the stage. So I heard about... To this. a soft landing. But don't. <laughs> but also don't do it. But if you have to, is what I'm saying. So I heard about the story. And I initially was like, I don't know what she did. I'll watch the video again about 400 times. Yeah. But I wonder what happened there. Like, what? where was the security? She what looked the pretty happened? fucking pleased with herself, And then too. I found out uh, what some reports later on... Uh-huh. They gave a little more context. Okay. And this, I'm very curious because I wanted to ask you about this. Here's the context. Okay. Right before she pushed him, uh-huh. before she stormed the stage, what he apparently said to uh-huh. the thousands of people in the audience was the equivalent of fat women don't get into heaven. <gasps> and then she, in response, rushed the stage And shoved him off. My God. Now what do you think about this priest? Um, I'm revising my opinion (laughs) about about violence, and this guy should have been pushed much harder. So the first time I heard about the story, all I saw was the video. Are you fucking kidding me? I did not know any of the context about what did he say. Did he say something awful? Like, no, he did apparently say something awful. Okay, and so. Revise. This woman's a hero. I'm building a <laughs> church for her. Okay. Fat women don't get into heaven. Fuck off, my dude. Which is, Based I believe he's quoting, he's quoting Jesus. Obviously. And what about fat dudes? No, doesn't matter. That's not what Jesus was against. So. I didn't realize Jesus was also fatphobic. I, dude. Oh, Jesus my has God. A lot of this woman's a hero. 
Um, I love her. <laughs> and we're going to be very happy spending our lives together. Yes. I got one more story for you. Okay. Uh, in Alabama, where Roy Moore is running Fat for women Senate. women can't get into heaven? Are you Allegedly, that's what he said. Someone who speaks uh, Portuguese. Portuguese will have to translate that one for me. But that's, that's apparently what he said. Um, in Alabama, Roy Moore is running for Senate. We know that. There's yeah. a bunch of Republicans trying to get Doug Jones's seat. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the other ones is John Merrill. We talked about him last week. He's the Secretary of State. He said TV is unwatchable because of all the homosexual activities. I remember him. That's that guy. One of the other guys also running for this Republican seat is the former head football coach at Auburn in mm-hmm. Alabama. So high-profile football coach named Tommy Tuberville. Hemant. Yes. I, I, you're rolling your eyes, and I know you knew you would. Tuberville? Tuberville. Like a potato. Is he a cartoon character mm. he believes his entire campaign as you would expect of a republican in Ca- in alabama uh-huh. is that he's more christian than everybody else oh sure um and by the way the only reason i'd heard of the, this guy because i don't follow college football certainly not when he was the head coach right. maybe a little more now like the freedom from religion foundation in 2015 put out a report about how certain college football coaches were hiring team chaplains and uh-huh. these are public universities. Like, you should not have a chaplain on staff. Right. What's on your coaching staff or whatever. Yeah. And Tommy Tuberville was one of the ringleaders of getting a bunch of colleges and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes to have chaplains at all these different schools. Like, he was one of the guys responsible for that. And his whole goal is like, yeah, come play at Auburn. By the way, we'll get you converted if you're not already. Um, anyway, he's on the campaign trail now, and he believes a belief in God is essential to fixing all the problems. He said, oh. quote, I want to help Donald Trump, and you get this mess straightened out, and I'm going to do that, but we've got to put Jesus and God before everything else, Wait. and if we don't do that, we're going to be brought down to our knees again. Um, okay, few questions. Yes. Um, what mess is he referring to? Um, what mess I believe whatever Democrats are doing. I don't know what he's referring to. He just oh. said, get this mess straightened out. But like the mess is all I can think of is it was stuff Trump caused. So you can't say I want to help Donald Trump get the mess straightened out. Wow. So, I mean, not surprising. Not surprising, but disappointing. Well, and not surprising because like, Trump has surrounded himself by conservative Christians right. already, right. and everything's gone to hell. Right. Like, nothing is good. Everything sucks. Everything is the literal worst. And the idea that the problem with our government is that we don't have enough Jesus uh-huh. is insane. I think some people might argue that we have far too much Jesus. Way too much. And by the way, Doug Jones is Christian. So, like, the issue isn't no, you need a Christian. No, he's, he's not just... Christian enough if he doesn't hate the gays. Exactly. So, uh, Roy Moore is still hanging in there, but... What are polling, what are polling numbers like? I, I don't know if they've done it because it's so early, yeah. but uh, my guess would be the Secretary of State has a solid shot, and yeah. as opposed to the head football coach, but it is Alabama, Jesus. so head football coach may mean more than government experience or, you know, pedophile, whatever or, it is. Yeah, qualifications. Um, well, that's grim. Yeah. On, a, on that <laughs> note. <laughs> oh, God. Um, on that note. This is, that is wild. At least it's a football coach. That's the experience we really need. <laughs> um, 
So just a heads up, this month is going to be kind of weird for the podcast. Eh, we're all over. You'll hear from us. Yeah, you'll get a show a week, but like next week, my brother's getting married on Thursday, a week from today. Um, so you're so busy I'm going to be busy Wednesday through Saturday. Which so is all to say we are working out a way to get you episodes. Yeah, we'll get you episodes. They might be earlier or later than you expect. We're just going to so, keep you guessing. Yes. Surprise. Uh-huh. Um, if you haven't listened already, please download my separate podcast called oh, I The Supreme I'm sorry. What? I know. The Supreme Court I have it downloaded. Church so what, do you, what do you care? Supreme Court versus Church State Separation. It's all about the Pledge of Allegiance. Go download it. Go listen to it. Um, it's, it's halfway out. There's two more episodes that will be released in the coming weeks. Cool. And then I'm all done with it. Yeah. That's Yay. exciting. I will listen to that eventually. You can find us. <laughs> sure you will. I'm at Hammond Meta on Twitter. Uh, I'm Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. <laughs> uh, my Etsy shop is Bitches Get Stitched Done. Please order something. I've got a few orders working for, um, listeners. Y'all are very fun too. You guys are giving me some like fun shit to work on. Um, I just finished the Atheist A, like, with, yeah. that's in, like, the, um, with the, what's it called? The red Like a. an atom. Oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. The and then it's old got, like, American Atheist logo sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, and then it's got, like, a trans flag in it, which was, which was a fun one. I'm writing out some really bonkers Catholic shit about trans issues also. It's pretty torturous to write because it is nonsensical. <laughs> um, but anyway, hey, if my brother's listening to this, good luck. On your wedding, I hope I don't screw it up too bad. I'm, I'm officiating <laughs> the ceremony, so I Have hope uh, I don't screw that up too bad. Um, is there? Oh, email us friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, donate at patreon dot com slash friendlyatheistpodcast. Girlfriend's out of a job. Maybe give me some money. <laughs> I, I need it. They keep making me pay my mortgage every month. That's such an asshole there move. There you go. Guilt. Okay, guilt. Talk to, <laughs> <laughs> talk to you next week. <laughs>